When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop the Chemist Warehouse Finals Fever Sale and find 40% off the INC Sports Nutrition range. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. SENZ, four minutes past six o'clock on your Monday morning, 20th of June, 2022. Welcome in. Kia ora. Hope everybody's doing well and had a lovely weekend. Morning, Kempi. How are you feeling? Morning, uh, morning. Uh, yeah, Louie, I'm feeling good, actually. Uh, it's a bit cold out there this morning, getting out, getting up. Yeah. There's no cloud, you know, pretty average weather all weekend, as we saw with uh, the footy on Saturday night. But um, yeah, mate, happy to be here, as always. I hope my mate down in uh, Queenstown's having a nice sleeping, old uh, Izzy Daggy. Yes, Izzy Dag's off for the week. Um, yep, he's he is down there in Queenstown doing some Fano things for the week. Uh, Good on him. The Formula One in Canada's just about to start. They're just lining themselves up on the grid where we have a 40-year-old Fernando Alonso on pole. The US Open of Golf is rolling through the fourth round today. It's a major for uh, Sunday, Monday, whatever you want to call it, fourth round. We'll watch that. We'll keep our eyes on that. You've got the World Cup of Darts going on. We've got replays of the footy. It's a busy Monday morning when there's lots of sports news as well. We can touch on that throughout the morning. Uh, Lydia Coe in action on the LPGA Tour in the hunt as well. She's just teed off in her final round. Today, uh, we're going to catch up. We're going to talk a lot of Super Rugby. Uh, you'll be expecting it. 
you would be expecting it. It was a, a final we can get into throughout the morning. We're going to talk to Robert Van Royen, who is the rugby reporter and the, the Crusaders beat reporter, we'll call him, for the press down there. He's the guy who works uh, as close to, to the Crusaders as a media member as anyone in the country. So we'll find out what he made of it all and, and what he can tell us about the, not just the game but the odyssey the Crusaders have been on over the last six years and especially this year. Then Izzy will come in after 8 o'clock and we will use Izzy as our heavy-hitting 8 a.m. guest before we talk some rugby league with Kempi to finish it off. Um, but the texts are coming in already, Kempi. Morning, boys. I hope there is no, <laughs> no what-ifs today on the rugby. The way better team won end of mark. Yep, he's he's started already. It's uh, it's a really good day if you're a Crusader uh, supporter. I guess it was a really good Sunday um, when everyone woke up. I actually went for a walk, uh, Louis, on Sunday morning. Me and the me and the bride went for our big walk, our big block that we do around uh, around the middle of town. And the amount of uh, Crusader supporters in town was was quite surprising. Um, all out in their Crusaders gear and their Crusaders hats, uh, parading in the middle of Auckland. Um, and yeah, mate, rightly so. It, uh, they got absolutely done and cooked the blues on Saturday night by a Crusaders outfit. That what is it? That, is that? Am I right to say that's the fifteenth title? Thirteenth. Thirteenth title. So yeah, I I, I actually um, thought it was the seventh, but. Uh, did some reading just as you're reading through the news. Saying so it you, was, you really weren't listening to anything that we were saying last week, were you? you well, were, you had your. I got to take so. I got to take so much. I got to take so much in. <laughs> I did hear the letter six because uh, the number six. So I thought, oh, shit, they've won six titles. That's quite a lot in and a row. I, and then I six in a row, and then I read thir- thirteen. I thought, man, yep, um, that's another one to the title. You know, razor, razor ray, razor, razor ray. Razor broke out another break dance at the end of the game. You know, hopefully took another suit. You know, because it was pretty soggy out there on, on the Garden of Eden. So um, yeah, man. Well done to the Crusaders. Uh, better, better team um, by far. Yeah, they'll be disappointed with that. The Blues, the final play, getting a, getting a final. You do see a big a lot of fizzes in finals sometimes. They've been built up as we built it up last week to something um, bigger than Ben Hur, but Ben never showed up. It was more of a Hur game. From mm. the Blues. Hey, as Razor would say, mate, how good's footy? And if you're on the right side of it, the footy was so good. One team played like everything they had earned was about to be taken from them. And the other team played like maybe it was a midweeker. It, it was... And I can't necessarily even fault. I mean, you, you know, the, the impression. Oh, here's the impression from in the stadium. Kempion was there, and first of all, great, awesome to have a crowd that big at Eden Park. Loved it, absolutely loved it. Unfortunately for the Blues, the Crusaders sucked the life out of the place. They didn't let the crowd get into it, and when the crowd got into it with about twenty to go after Finlay Christie scored, it's too late by then. And that's what a good team does. They can completely kill the atmosphere, kill the vibe. And you read and you listen to Razor and you, you listen to the way that they tried and the way that they kind of engineered this. And Scott Hansen is the assistant coach that had been working on this game against the Blues for a month. They had been working on this game for the Blues for a month and did a deep dive into their set pieces, to the breakdown, wet weather, dry weather, every scenario... They knew exactly what they had to do to retain their title and to make sure that they didn't get taken off the top pop. 
and they did it. And all you really can say is maybe one team wasn't ready and the other team was hyper ready. And, and that's what it looked like in the stadium. Uh, it was a great atmosphere. Actually, Joey, Joey Bell was behind me. Weren't you, Joe? An incredible coincidence. Like, <laughs> like unbelievable. Like he was literally right in, right in front of me. The, the seat directly in front of Joe. It's a wonder he made it after Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I thought um I thought Louis was very well behaved. Like I, I you know he he was very gracious. He didn't rub it in my face. He actually at halftime he turned to me and he was like, "Mate, I feel bad. I feel bad for you. This is just, I mean, they're just not showing anything." <laughs> and you don't think that was rubbing it in that little bit, Joe? You just thought no, you'd just be nice. I was, I was genuine. Because I tell you what, if it was a closer game, it might have brought out worse in you. But there was just a, it was a, an ear glade and then a dominant performance. And, and Kempe, you've got lots of fans today. Um, hi, guys. Wanted to hear from Kempe apologise for his rubbish talker blues 13 plus last week. Cheers, Brian. A lot, oh, of, a lot of, oh, yeah, they all can, come. Can I just they're ask all, you, though? They were all coming in. How much of that was bravado versus did you genuinely think that was going to happen? Oh, look, I'm, you know, the, the uh, I live in Auckland. Um, let's, so I've lived up here for a number of years, 20 odd years, and. You know, you can't just have one biased view in here and everyone supporting the Crusaders like we're getting already. So who this was morning. the biased view, though? Well, the, there's. Come on, Louis. No, yeah. but I, but I did it. But, but, but how's <laughs> it biased if that happens? Hang on, let's let, let's answer the first part yeah. of the question, okay? Before you jump down and yeah, yeah. and start talking Crusaders again. Yeah, yeah. The first thing is, like from a, from a from a perspective of the Blues and the Crusaders, at the beginning of the week, it's a fifty fifty competition. Yeah, and the Blues didn't show up on Saturday night, and they got beaten by a side that has won. 14 and their 15th on Saturday night because they know how to win games. 12th and 13th, please. 12 and 13, yeah. Um, so what that what that basically um, does for the Crusaders fans is like yeah, we this, the train rolled on and we've we've dissected the Blues and we spent a month doing that sort of stuff and, and good on them they've won it and and rightly so. But you know the the whole thing about that is there's always two sides of the story and I was supporting the Blues story because I'm living in Auckland. So, yeah, just so to, for and, people like and, Brian, did, and, did you really think that oh, was going to happen? 100%. I thought the Blues were a dead set chance, and, and statistically, the year showed that. They'd only lost one game. They prepared. They had a home final. Um, the only thing they never had going for them is 13 or 12 grand finals. You know what I mean? And that showed on the weekend. So when, they, when you're talking about crowds, like good teams take the crowds out of the game. So they, you know, in finals time, they know how to play finals. They take the crowds out of them, out of the game, because they just play consistent football, and the crowd doesn't get up and support their team because they don't have anything to support. You know, so um, I'm not taking anything away from the Crusaders. I'm quite happy where I sat last week. It was good banter, and good to good to see the Blues go out there. But they just got, mate, they got undone, undone. They weren't. They obviously. Had prepared, but they hadn't prepared, uh, prepared well enough. And it's a good learning for Leon McDonald. Hopefully he gets another shot at it next year. Yeah, and, and look, you can't take anything away from the season the Blues had, but what I would kick back on is, and, and you know, you can't say this too much in the lead-up because you just get accused of being even more biased, but I don't think what I've been saying about the Crusaders and I was saying about the Crusaders was biased last week because it came out and happened. Oh, but with this, I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you at all. This, the conversation is the Crusaders and the Blues, and at the beginning of the week it was a 50-50. The Blues just didn't show up. Like, they got absolutely dismantled by a Ford pack 
in the wet in the in the wet weather that knew how to play finals football, and they got out coached. You know, so there's a reason Razor Razor wins grand finals. He knows how to get there, and like you said, he spent a month on set plays, um, and it paid off for them. They they I think they uh, lost ten lineouts or something. The Blues when they they went to that set play, and that's just a great coaching. Um, effort from Razor and his team to, to, to work out that if we go to the breakdown, whether it's scrummaging or lineouts, and we get the ball, we can get the ball back and turn it over and really screw them um, uh, down the, the Blues forward pack and, and, and cause havoc. Well, make the halfway to winning the game because you're losing so much ball, which is what happened on, on Saturday night. Yeah, would love to hear any any way you want to take it. Uh, would love to hear from you on 0800-150-811, the Kennard's High phone line, or double eight double three. You're right. Technically, and this is what I mean, the masterclass. So they actually played completely different to the way they played against the Chiefs. They they played a game specifically for the Blues where they had to get the platform right, which was the breakdown. And Tom Christie, Cullen Grace, Pablo Matera, Sam Whitelock, Scott Barrett were just... Uh, beyond enormous but then they were happy to use expansive footy and they were happy to use the wide channels and I think in the wet weather they probably surprised Leo McDonald a little bit uh, interesting interesting to see Leon say it was like they had our playbook as far as the lineouts went well again I just think there are levels to this stuff and I think that's what they found out on Saturday night here's one here's one stat for you Kempe. you love stats now that you don't have the stat well, now um, Lathan Brown has a stat that we can uh, <laughs> pump our chest with. You love stats like this. Scott Robertson on Saturday night became the first person to win 10 Super Rugby titles. Four as a player, six as a coach. 37% of all Super Rugby competitions have been won by Scott Razor Robertson. That's pretty impressive. 37%. Of all super, every year, 37 of them since 1996 have been won by a guy called Scott Robertson. You know, where he, his place goes into New Zealand sport history now, I mean, do we just do we completely devalue Super Rugby and say it's only Super Rugby, or is he now proving that he can do this and he is actually a bit of a freak? Well, I think I think it's Super Rugby. He's earned the title as the of well as a player and a coach. He's probably the king. The, well, he's the best, isn't he? Because there's no the stats say that. Um, but we can't talk about anything above that because you know this is just the step on that uh, on that coaching ladder to the All Blacks, where you know you have seen All Black coaches go in there and 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 a lot of them succeed because of who the All Blacks are, and and a few of them fail as well. So. Um, I really hope that, you know, again, he just isn't isn't regarded as a the best ever super coach that's never coached the All Blacks. I think the the next step for him is whether or not he takes that mantle. We've had that conversation quite a quite a few times <laughs> yeah, this year. Yeah, is w- whether or not they go for Scott Robinson over other coaches, you know, um, that are that are coaching around the world and inside the All Black structure at the moment. Um, when that when that next name is read out as All Black coach, so this just adds to the this, this, the Razor Ray um, resume. You know, another grand final at Super level. Cab, you know how the how the the powers that be when they name the All Black side and then name the coach um, see it as the as the part of the resume that's really solid. And when they name that coach, well, mate, that's that's something in the future that we hopefully we will see. Because I think it'd be. Uh, yeah, one thing he does get, and you can see that with his players, especially in the last two weeks when they won the game against the Chiefs in, 
again on the weekend is that he gets players to play from. You know, like he's he That's obviously it, came up with a really good game plan. They stuck to it. And then the last two weeks, they've been by far the best team on the football field. Did you want to know the theme in the end? It's simple. And I don't know if we won't. You've we, spoken to him, you we, know it. We won't get the absolute. We won't get the absolute core of it. But he did. He offered a glimpse. It was step up, step ahead. He knew that the pack was coming, and he had to find a way for himself to step up and get a step ahead because they knew that they were the champions. But you can't just be the champions because what champions get beaten? You have to be better than the champions. How do you get that last little bit? So now the question is: He's done it six years in a row. How does one man continue to motivate the same group of pe- players? Well, you just—I think for Razor too—is you know now it's like what, what is the new challenge? How like, does he find that inner motivation? Well, he's already said that. He already said that he's got X amount, twenty-one years left in coaching. You know, he's broke it down into fourteen, I think. Yeah, first seven done, um, and you know it's whether or not the next part of the journey is whether he sees it sitting at the Crusaders or going overseas. That's that's the that's oh, the question. Jesus Christ, it'll be the sorry, excuse the uh, Christian language, but man, it'll be the biggest travesty if he never coaches the All Blacks. Can you like? I don't ever, I don't think that's this is the time to get to go there. But every year we're reminded of how good he is, and every year you get the meme pages saying, "Oh, he's only five more Super Rugby titles away from being considered for the job." You know, like it's what is well, he? That's, that's what I mean. Like you don't know what the the selectors or the people that um, put those positions together are thinking, you know, like you would have, look, seriously, I would have thought he would have been the all black coach already after the last interview, but Fozzie got the job ahead of him. So, you know, let's, let's see how they go against the Irish. Obviously they've made their mind up till the world cup next year. And he's probably going to have to wait till post world cup, whether, whether or not, um, to see whether he's, his name's going to be read out as the, as the next all black coach. Got a very good resume. Alrighty, Canadian GP is underway over there in the F1, and Sergio Perez is already out. One red ball card down. Carlos Sainz is leading. Uh, Lonzo's managed to hold his spot into second. Imagine if he got a podium at age 40. How cool would that be? Verstappen and Russell close out the top four. The US Open, well, the feature groups will be teeing off towards the end of this hour. Will Zalatoris is his pick going great guns in the golf. But it is 20 minutes past six. Can't wait question of the day. Oh, we've preempted this, but it's an easy one for you. Start to finish, where do you rank that as one of the most dominant grand final performances? You know, there's a really good case to be made that that score line completely flatters the Blues. I think about three times held up over the line, the Crusaders players, the Blues only scored off Crusaders' mistake at scrum. What are some of the famous lopsided grand finals? Any sport, any era. What are some of the famous lopsided grand finals? Not necessarily fizzes because one team becomes champions, but what are the famous lopsided grand finals? 0800 150 811 or 8833. I've got a $50 TAB bonus bet for the best nomination. Get in touch with us. We've got to talk this Super Rugby. There's some great texts on 8833 to get through. Uh, it was the biggest game, domestic game of a long, long time. And, well, let's debrief it. I want to hear from you. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day, 21 minutes past six. 26 minutes past six, can't wait question of the day, lopsided finals, I think we just saw one. What are they through history, Kempe? You got one in mind? Uh, uh, yeah, I have actually. I've got the one where Manly absolutely tonked the storm, 40-0. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 2008. Um, no one picked it. You, you know, everyone thought with the Storm side, as good as they, they got that they would com- be competing, but Manly, uh, on the back of one that they lost, came back and absolutely dismantled uh, the storm, which you'd never, ever see um, happen too often, especially in a grand final. Simon, 2008 NRL grand final. That's exactly what he said. Oh, Tony, you just dropped off the line. Can we get Tony back? I was just about to get Tony on. Uh, here's some other texts in the meantime while we get Tony back. I wonder if the All Blacks are scratching their heads. The Blues All Black front row got smashed from Jamie. They did, Jamie, and they also got eaten up by the young Crusaders front row, Tamati and Fletcher Newell. Uh, so it wasn't just the starters that got the job done. It's a pretty astute observation. I think there are lots of all-black selections across the field that we'll look at. We'll talk about that later on. Morning team, the Super Rugby final will be a close game. My tip for the weekend, power play. Successful drop goal in the match, paying $5. Barry's re-sent his message from Friday. <laughs> yeah, nice, Barry. I saw that um, on the replay. I saw the, the, the drop goals, the penalties and the tries, and the thing came into my head and went, I'm sure someone said something about a drop goal. So well done, Barry, picking up that. Five bucks, not bad. Bazza, absolutely nailed it. Hi, guys. The most disappointing final I watched was 2013. I got up in the middle of the night and watched the Kiwis with Sonny B. Williams and Co. get beaten 34-2. It was disappointed as we looked strong all tournament from Jamie. That'd be the World Cup, wouldn't it? 2013, yeah. Oh, well, there's a, num- there's a number of those games. Uh... Didn't Sonny B. Williams get included really late into the squad? <laughs> yeah, he did. He got bought into the, bought in the team at the expense of guess who? A young kid I out of Melbourne remember. that was going all right in the back row. He actually got named, and then they, they had to phone him and tell him that he missed out because they were putting Sonny in there. It was Tohu Harris. Tohu Harris. Yeah. So, um, yeah, not a great moment uh, in time for the New Zealanders, and, you know, we haven't seen Tohu in that jersey for a long time. Yikes. Thanks for bringing it up, Louis. Worse for me, no doubt, was when the Mana got spanked in Pretoria or Manly dusting the storm 40 years up in 2008 grand final. Yeah, that's right. That was... Um, an absolute shambles. <laughs> the Chiefs went over and got done. And we just had someone on Friday say they they flew from London, remember? And they turned up and they were loving it. And then all of a sudden, they weren't loving it. Lily, one team didn't play, weren't allowed to play, but they did score more points than the Warriors. Oh. <laughs> Come on, Richie. <laughs> you can't be doing that. It's too early. It's unfair. Uh Young man, I can only assume you're talking about Kempi. No, you're 100% correct. Kempi, the Blues were lucky to be there. Two finals, the game's ahead. Chiefs, Gatlin, Mr. Sitter. Crusaders were at 13 men in the regular season. Quarterfinal, the Highlanders' front row destroyed the Blues' front row. There were warning signs everywhere. The Brumbies got done by the referee and Crusaders' job done. Dean, that's when you look at it in isolation, that's kind of what I was trying to say last week. There were warning signs there, but the Blues deserve their spot to have a crack at them. Oh, 100%. I'd, you know, they, they'd been the, the team that performed all season. You know, it doesn't really... It reminds me a lot of the Wigan side in the in the late 80s, early 90s, you know what I mean, where they just had just the, the wood on everyone over in the, in the UK Super League. And... Uh, you come up against them in a final, and they would you, you'd you'd have you'd have them through the form and the and the club rounds and the and the and the semis and that, and you'd get to a final and they'd tonk teams. You know what I mean? They they go to the Challenge Cup and they'd struggle to get there, and then you know Martin of Five. Remember they played Leeds, he scored five tries. It's just when they're good and they know what to do. Um, teams like the Crusaders will get the job done. You know what? You know when they show they show up. And Leo McDonald would have said this to the blue side. 
they're going to show up no matter what. They're going to show up, and it's not about them. It's about whether or not you show up to play them. And then they just took every they took all the the parts to the game which the Blues enjoyed doing out of the out of the game, and made them made them play their game. Um, and I and I guess the set pieces would be interesting to talk to Izzy about that is where they won the game, just taking the ball off them and turning them around. We're talking grand final flops. Warriors Roosters grand final occasion got the better of the team, Tristan. Ah, uh, that was look. It was um, really interesting actually because um, I was meant to mention that just before I listened to Daniel Anderson talk to Monty on the on his show on TV. Monty asked him a really good question about the grand final. I knew where he was going with it. I'll tell you the story about that another time. But he said, "Have you got any regrets about the grand final?" And I said, "No." Mm. And I was like. Mm. Nah, man, you have. <laughs> so it's so funny there because, uh, yeah, <laughs> when people say they're under, you know, it's okay to have regrets, eh? We've talked about this on the show before. Who said they didn't have a regret? Uh, I didn't regret signing Matt Lodge. Cam George didn't regret signing Matt Lodge. It's like, you know, it is okay to be everyone, regretful. Of course, we everyone regrets. has regrets, and you've got you to gotta step up and you've got to have the humility to take it on the chin, but don't be a pork chop. Don't be a pork chop. It is 29 away from seven. LoveRacing.nz is coming up in a wee bit. Carlos Sainz is leading the Canadian Grand Prix. The World Cup of Darts is going on. Australia's turning up against England. And Gary Woodland's on the fourth tee about to pipe one straight up the middle in the US Open of Golf. We'll talk plenty of sport throughout the morning. And there's some great texts here. But give me a call. 0800-150-811. The grand final flops you remember. <laughs> SENZ 25 away from seven this morning. Lydia Ko, she is even through three holes this morning at the Blythefield Country Club in the major LPGA Classic. Uh, of course, we have some sale GP going on this weekend as well. In the US Open, we're just waiting for the big guns to tee off this morning. Will Zalatoris, Matthew Fitzpatrick in that final pairing at quarter to seven. Lots of breaking sports news, including a really interesting ruling out of the governing body of swimming FINA on trans athletes. Some massive news there. Uh, quite a landmark decision, you'd say. We'll get to that one later on. But Kempi, some more messages here. And this one this one cuts the soul deep from Richie. You want to read that? Yeah, 2015 Cricket World Cup final pretty much all over after the second ball. That was from Richie. Remember that? When Baz didn't watch the ball? Mm. And you know... Now he's not here, we can probably talk about it a bit free. I always felt around Baz, and geez, I hope he doesn't hear this. Yeah. I always felt when... He's nah, listening. He is listening. <laughs> I was, even though he is such an open and transparent guy, I always felt like you shouldn't bring it up. <laughs> like there was just always something gnawing at me. Like even <laughs> even though he's telling you it's fine and he's talking about it, you're kind of like, I don't know whether we should be talking about this, but um, he's got no demons, old Baz. Thanks for your message, Richie. I don't think we could call LeBron Lee Bum uh, Robert. That's a bit harsh because he is the, I don't know, the fourth or fifth best player of all time. Kidding, second. Uh, <laughs> he got dropped 4-0 by KD and the Warriors in the NBA Finals. That's a good one. You got any more rugby league ones? Surely there's been some blowouts in rugby league grand finals previously. Oh, yeah, obviously the 2008 World Cup where the Kiwis won that one. That was, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I spoke to a mate. He wanted to punt the Aussies and that he paid for that. I said as a grand final, they're a good chance. So that was probably the best ever that I've, I've seen. But the big, the biggest one where the Kangaroos at the time, who just had never ever been beaten and, and kept. Um, 
to the donut was a 20, 24 nil 2005 Four Nations up in up in the UK where uh, Bluey McLennan and the Kiwi side did a did a number on the the Kangaroos at the time. So um, yeah, there's been a there's been a few. There's uh, this, this this there's a text there that I like here from Tim. Uh, do you think Luke Romano was a sleeper and gave Sam Wallow the line-out calls? Oh, I don't think so. I'll tell you what, I'll talk to that, and we'll grab Tony here, boys, but I'll, I'll talk to that, Tim. I don't think that's the case. I like your pith. i tell you what it is. Never, ever underestimate the IQ and the rugby and intelligence of Sam Whitelock, Jason Ryan, and the Crusaders forwards. And this is the other thing you don't we don't talk about when we talk about Scott Robertson coaching the Crusaders. Oh, sorry, the All Blacks. You don't just get Scott Robertson. You get his team. And Jason Ryan would have to be one of the most intelligent rugby brains, I think, globally. Sam Whitelock, they have decades of winning IP and winning DNA around the set piece. And I don't think Luke Romano's a sleeper. I think Sam Whitelock just picked the lock. And, and with Jason Ryan, Scott Barrett, of course, uh, Scott Hansen, and everybody, um, yeah, I appreciate your message, though, Tim. I do like the pith. And then there's some people still wanting to hear about the Warriors, which is surprising because we don't really need to talk about them now, do we? No, this look, we will talk about the Warriors after uh, 8 o'clock. But, you know, Mark's here. Kempi, I thought the Warriors played a lot better, even though they lost uh, They lost it. took Penrith about 15 minutes to score. They never gave up, which is a good sign. Um, and that comes from Mark. Oh, look, I'd... I thought the effort was there, but I also thought that Penrith never got out of second gear. Uh, you know, they still put 40 points on the Warriors, so defensively they've got to be be, um, be worried. And then they, they're coming home in two weeks, finding themselves fighting it, fighting it out for the wooden spoon against the Tigers who were tailed up by the Bulldogs last night by 30 points. So, yeah, look, the signs are pretty well in place for it to be a pretty average finish to the season for the Warriors but we'll talk more about that after 8. Absolutely. Right now loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Hey over the weekend we saw greatness again and I think we've got to start calling the Cossack what he is which is now a champion New Zealand racehorse. The Cossack won in his first step up to a cheap steeplechase level over the... In a canter. Over the, the larger... Oh, in a canter. Did you catch that, Kempi? I, I, mean, I, I, I watched it. I, well, I had to watch it. Because this is greatness, right? He, he, he jumped, okay? So he jumped and he took him straight to the back and kept them out of the way and gave him a good look at the fences. He got to the third fence and he just started going through them. Mm-hmm. Not over them. He went through them mm-hmm. and, he was, and his footing was really good. Mm-hmm. And then with 600 to go, he took him over the fence and put three lengths on them and then just kept looking behind him. There's a and huge motor. They, yeah. And they got on the straight. They, they had another crack at him, and he just gave him a little tip, and he put another three lengths on Just took off again. And what about Sean Phelan? Absolutely loving it on the line. I think he understands what he's got here. He's given he's it the stand-up, I've got a champion. This is who this champion. is. Um, so the Cossack, congratulations, Corinna McDougall and Paul Nelson. Uh, there's another good racing on the day there at Tarapa. New York Jazz was too good. Jeez, Rose Crescent, that was unfortunate. Um, Shoshone as well. Crystallize, of course, ran a big race in the wet under some nice weight. Uh, Billy Bunter was huge out wide. Big follow on Billy Bunter. Down there at Trentham, Chase was magnificent. The far out the winter racing. I do try to warn everybody, but man, it could do your head and how wide they were coming down there at Trentham. It is crazy. 20 minutes away from seven. Loveracing.nz. Go catch all of those replays up there. Right now, 
Max Verstappen is leading the Canadian Grand Prix 27 laps through. We're still waiting for the final groupings to tee off at the US Open. I would love to keep the uh, Crusaders Blues discussion going throughout the morning, and we will. We've got Robert Van Royen up after seven, and we'll talk to Izzy Dag after eight. We'll cover some Formula One as well with Aroha, our resident petrol head, and we'll talk to Kempi about some league a little bit later on. So plenty for everyone, but right now, 0800-150-811. You ready, Kempi? Quizzy Dag, give us a go. Kimp, Kimp, give us a call. Quizzy, give me a go at getting this one right today. Quizzy Kemp, Quizzy <laughs> Uncle Kempy, Daggy Uncle Kemp, Quizzy. Uncle Quizzy, feeling a bit queasy. Uh, 0800 Well, Limit Travel wants you to go to the Boost Mobile Goldie 500. They're going to get somebody in the draw. All you got to do is win the quiz. 0800 On your radio Giving you the chance to head to the Gold Coast Five questions for the win Supercars on the line 0800-150-811 You're mine it's Quizzy Dag, give it a go. It's Quizzy Dag, now don't you choke. It's Quizzy Dag, who knows the most. It's Quizzy Dag, we're going to the go-go. Yes, we got Quizzy Dag. Is he just uh, sleeping in down in Queensland this morning? So I'm the one who's got the... The uh, quiz master today, and we're going to go straight to Ed from Tolaga Bay. Morning, Ed. Oh, boo. Elton John. <laughs> Which song do you like there, bro? What song? That's why they call them the blues. <laughs> oh, I like that one, mate. I love that. John. I love that song too. I love Elton, but Elton John. We'll put. We'll get a bit for you this week, Ed. But let's go to the first question. Who won the South Canterbury Rally over the weekend? Don't know. See you later. <laughs> hey, poor, poor mate. All right, we're going straight to John from Christchurch. Uh, a mad Crusader supporter, no doubt. Hey, John, morning. G'day, Jimmy. How are you, mate? You got over it yet, pal? No, not, not, not <laughs> ever, mate. I am, I am a bad, bad loser. But give me, give me a couple of weeks. Oh, I like Give me a couple He's got of this kind of glassy look on his eye, like shark, <laughs> like a shark. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Who won the South Canterbury Rally over the weekend? Yeah, I have no idea either, but I'll because that's the name I know. <laughs> All right. Who, who did you say? Hayden Patton. Yeah. Lovely. Good man. Good man. That's one down. I never think it. Let's go to the second question. How many lineouts did the Blues lose in the Super Rugby final? Ten. Too easy. Where do the Otago Nuggets sit on the Sal's NBL ladder? Uh, have a clue, eh? Uh, bronze. Third. I was going to say that anyway, that's a good guess. Yep, the SENZ Otago Nuggets sitting third and wishing them all the best. Uh, question number four, how many points did the Black Ferns put on the USA on the weekend? Oh, yeah, no, I 
I've got no idea. Quite but a bit. 40, 47. Oh, not, not too bad. Not too bad. It's a of bronze to that. Unlucky, John. <clears throat> We're going to go to Tony in Auckland. Morning, Tony. You there? Hello, Tony. Tony, you're elusive, Tony. You are elusive. Tony. No. Anthony. No, not no. there. Let's go to Zaid. He's always there. Morena Zaid. Okay, Joe. When you're ready, Joe. Hey, Zaid. How you going, mate? Yeah, good morning. Good morning, mate. Hey, good to see you on Friday night, Zaid. Good catch up. Nice photo on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, good to see you, Kempi. That's the way, um, mate. Tough result on Saturday, but yeah, that's what sports is. That's right. Um, I think, is it 50? Good man. That's 50. And who won the NBA Finals MVP award on Friday? That would be uh, Stephen Curry. Good man. There you go. There you go, Zade. Well done, mate. In the draw to head to the... Goldie. Yeah, well done, Zade. And um, hey, good on you for being a good sport as well, mate. I know it's a, it's a sport as being a fan is a really funny thing, as you know, and you, you care you care a lot and you're so happy and you can feel so defeated. But exactly, that's the reason you get those highs is because of those lows. And our sports fans, we're an irrational bunch, but you have to support because you want to feel that ecstasy when you win. So good on you for being a good sport about it. Just one, one thing quickly if we guys go... Just the line-out drive just wasn't working. Um, the throw was just horrible. And Sam Whitelock was just an absolute thief. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he was right. very, hey, very good. Hey, Zade, I mean, is anybody going to question whether Sam Whitelock's got the ticket to make the World Cup now? Probably not, right? How do you play with a broken thumb as well? Yeah, he's, right, a, f- that's just, he's a freak. That's just him. Yeah, that's just him. Well done, Zade. Really well summed up, mate. Eight away from seven. That was Quizzy Dag. Zade goes in the draw to the go to the Goldie 500. Uh, you've got a little bit of time if you want to get in touch with your biggest grand final fizzes or the grand final blowouts. We had one on Saturday night. I've got a $50 TV bonus bet to the best nomination. Send them through. Double eight, double three. Kempe's off the back fence after this. <laughs> Yeah, boys, well, the Kiwis play Tonga this week and this will be the first international on home soil since 2019. How good? The thing is, does anyone really know that this game is on? Has anyone seen any advertisements, apart from a couple on Sky, but who has Sky these days? Has there been any on the back of buses? Maybe some promos on some billboards around the country. I haven't seen them. Well, the Origin saw 90,000 supporters pack out a stadium in Sydney and they're going to do the same in Perth next week. Are we expecting the spectators to do the same at Mount Smart? With nearly no promotion of the game, it looks like the NZRL are relying once again on our passionate Tongan supporters to fill it. Yes, what a night that was last time they played the Kiwis there. It was full of red and only a sprinkling of black in the crowd. But what was meant to be a Kiwi home game Oh, you usually find that one really tough. It was more of a Tongan uh, homecoming than the Kiwis pack in that game out. This game should have been the start of an annual event, I think, and we could have built on it. It would possibly be the game that rivaled the origin concept. Once again, the New Zealand Rugby League have sat on their heels expecting things just to happen. For those of you that don't know, the game is this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday, the women kick off at 3 o'clock and the Kiwis kick off at 5 o'clock. Let's give him a taste of kiwi, Louis.
Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, I actually, um, it's a pretty valid point, to be honest, because I, I knew like they were coming home and we were talking about the team. I couldn't quite work out exactly when the game was. It is a Saturday. Tickets are still available um, for a decent seat. It's about 50-something bucks, which, look, I, I want to go watch the Kiwis. I don't know whether I'll travel out there. It's going to be a hell of a game, though. I think we'll win. I want to go watch this team play together because... Look, if they can have enough time to get their combinations right, we might watch something special this weekend, Kimpy. Yeah, look, I, th- I mean, I do. I think it's probably the best Kiwi team they've put together in a decade. Uh, SENZ will be there commentating the game. Um, but, Whoa! But for me, come on. like Tony Kemp, play-by-play and yeah, analysis? You know, we this three years ago, we should have built on This should be like packed out Eden Park. Mm. You know what I mean? This game, this should be packed out Eden Park. But it's just sitting there. Now, here we go. It's an international, maybe this Saturday. All right, I'll go get your McCaffrey coffee to calm your nerves. Here's Aroha, the news for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Robert Van Royen after this. ZNZ, Monday the 20th of June. Welcome to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. i got Kempi alongside Morena, mate. Izzy's down. And when are we sleeping in Queenstown? It'll be nice and cold down there, but it'll be snugged up next to us. Oh, it is very cold down there after being down there last week. But no, and Izzy's got the golf clubs and um, his scarf and his big woolly socks on and he'll be out there whacking some balls. He'll be sitting in his Crusaders tracksuit. Welcome to the show. We've got plenty to cover for the next two hours. There's so much going on right now. Uh, The US Open in particular, well, we've got play underway for everybody. Will Zalatoris is even through the first. He's four under. Tied in the lead with Scotty Scheffler, who's two under through two this morning. And we've got Matthew Fitzpatrick tied for the lead there as well. John Rahm nipping at the air heels. That is a fun leaderboard. He's three under. There's so much going on. Uh, a, a landmark decision from FINA around trans athletes as well, which is making news this morning. I know we'll talk a lot about that this week. Swimming's world governing body has voted to stop transgender athletes from competing in women's elite races if they have gone through any part of the process of male puberty. So that is going to be a massive talking point over the next wee while. And Carlos Sainz is living the uh, leading the Canadian GP over there. Max Verstappen in second, Russell Hamilton Ocon closing out the top five. So there's lots going on, but you on 0800-150-811 are encouraged to get involved this hour. We're talking all things Super Rugby, and we're going to start by catching up with somebody, Kempi, who, oh, you'd know this from your time as a player and a coach. you got those journalists like the beat reporters that are always around the team. They get a good read on the team, don't they? Oh, they, they do. Yeah, we used to have plenty of them around the Warriors. I don't know what it's like now, but... Um, at least half a dozen of them back in the day when I was coaching that would just follow you. Yeah, you know, Aaron Lawton, you remember Aaron Lawton? He's now the, the general manager of yep. County's um, Monaco Rugby. 
Um, but he was one of those guys who would always be, you know, like having a coffee, wanting to talk to players, wanting to know what's going on. So, mate, they're pretty important guys because they can get a decent message out for you. Yep, exactly right, Kempe. And the Crusaders yesterday returned home to Crusade, Christchurch yesterday, greeted by their fans. Pretty familiar situation and feeling of satisfaction. The result was right one in the end for Scott Robertson's men. But the season had its ebbs and flows like any season would, and without a doubt, they managed to stay ahead of the pack. Robert Van Royen is one of the best beat reporters around the Crusaders. He is always near them. He's got a great rugby mind, and he's with us now this morning. Robert, congratulations again. The team that you followed go deep into the competition, which means that, well, it makes your job pretty entertaining, doesn't it, mate? <laughs> Morning. Morning, guys. Yeah, it does. It does. It's a, funnily enough, this year, I, you're just talking about being around the team all the time. The, the, I'd actually been in the States for the, the four weeks ahead of the final. I got home last Monday um, ahead of the final. So I'd been away for a bit, and I, I, when I departed, I actually had spoke to Razor, and um, just let, I said, I'll look him off. Um, and normally, at the end of each season, once the dust settles on the season, I always say, kind of catch up um, sort of a week on once they've finished um, with their carry-on. And uh, I, mean, I just said, look, I'll, regardless of um, what's happened, I'll we'll have our usual catch-up. And he just said, see you for finals footy. So um, he, the confidence was uh, was clear. So you, you came back in, you slotted back in, and what did you notice about their mentality and their energy? Because I think this season, is it's been quite different to other ones gone by. And you probably hit this when you have to motivate a similar group of players year in, year out. So what have you noticed that they did slightly differently? Well, there's plenty of honesty after that. Uh, the you know, Razor spoke quite clearly yesterday, especially the, the turning point was after uh, that, that Waratahs game. And he said, you know, he knew he wasn't good enough. And, um, and, and, and he looked at everything, including the timing of when he was resting All Blacks. And admitted they took the Waratahs lightly, and that was the turning point in the following week they gave the force a real tickle up and um and bang they found their rhythm and they got going and you know they've always not and it, that's sort of the difference you know you heard yesterday cody taylor sorry on saturday admitting how much the team struggled um in the middle of the season and and the crusaders have always had those little you know you spoke before about the dips they you know they've always lost a couple of games here and there and not played their best rugby in the middle of the season but they always time it right especially under Razor, I mean, it's a little bit of a difference under Blackadder. They just didn't quite get over the line and, and finish their seasons. And I think that's where, where you do really have to credit the coaching staff. Hey, Robert, do you think we're missing um, an opportunity here? You know, like they've been so dominant for so long. Do you think the club challenge like they do in the NRL, you think it's time now that this side went up to Europe and played the best in Europe to have a, have a world champ um, um, game like they do in the NRL? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and you know they are they are working on it. Um, last time I spoke to Colin Ansbridge, there was some good progress going on. Uh, the, the Crusaders chief executive, um, some real good progress going along going on with that. So, like, I think it's going to happen. Probably not twenty twenty three, but uh, twenty twenty four potentially. You could start seeing it. I mean, look, nothing's over the line yet, but they're, they're definitely getting towards um, that. And, and yeah, the sooner the better, because I mean, how, how good would that be, especially. Um, I think it's even more important with Super Rugby as it is, just Super Rugby Pacific without those South African sides. If you know, we would, look, we don't know what's happening in 
2024 now. Look, I don't think the Aussies are going anywhere, despite the talk. I think that's all just uh, hot air. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's very important that they do get that across the line. You you made a good point about Razor putting his hand up and knowing that he had it wasn't good enough, and he actually spoke to us about that as well. Robert, uh, after that Australian trip, resting the All Blacks is an interesting one. There's been injuries to navigate this year. There's been suspensions to navigate this year. But the core leadership group of the Crusaders, I'd suggest there's probably not much like it in sport worldwide about the amount of uh, leadership IP that they have in that group. Can you just talk to us about what you see around Rugby Park week in, week out, about who the different leaders are in the team and the way they all share the load throughout a season? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the leadership it's large, and what you've what Razor's done over the last few years is he's um, he's rotated, he's he's introduced a bunch of different guys into the vice captaincy. Uh, he often names two vice captains in teams. So he's um, and then he's you've got to think Cody Taylor captain captained that title a couple of years ago when uh, Scott Barrett had his plantar fascia injury. Um, so he, you know, Sam Whitlock obviously captained in three years in a in a row there, 17 in 2017. Uh, Quinton Strange has captained them. So they've got so many guys. And, and then Richie Mawanga, he's not a captain, uh, hasn't captained them. But he, um, you know, even yesterday Razor spoke that he he'll come in and three three or four times a week, he will he'll he'll speak and just stand. He leads the team. The guys will just take notice and and shut up and know what he's got to say, how important it is. Um, so, yeah, look, they're blessed with, blessed with leaders. I mean, David Harvili's another one. He's, he's one of the more vocal guys now. And to be honest, Sam Whitelock, in the last two years or so, he's much less vocal. He's sort of lets, he does, he lets his actions uh, do the talking more now. It really is. David Harvili is one of the more vocal guys uh, outside of Scott Barrett. So, so Robert, what's the talk down there? Like, he's obviously very good with the Crusaders and and getting the leadership group going, and and knows those those players inside out because he's he's come through as a player into that coaching um, regime. What's the talk down there for for Razor? Is it to now that uh, because he he's done all he has in Super Rugby to head overseas, or is he just going to be down there for the Crusaders and waiting for a shot to the All Blacks? What's your feelings on all that? Oh, it's it's definitely the, it's the waiting game. I mean, look, he signed that contract uh, through to through to twenty twenty four, and look, we know that that he's got the he's got the clause in there. Essentially, like he said himself, if he doesn't get the All Blacks job at the end of next year, uh, that that gives him the ability to leave um, at the end of next year. So, you know, unless it was somehow a job hadn't doesn't fall for him elsewhere uh, that that he wants, um, the timing isn't right. Then he's got the option to stick around here for. 2024. Um, but look, it's all about the All Blacks, and he's going to have to wait to have a crack until 2023. I mean, people. There are some people who say, "Look, oh, you just got to give it to him," but it's, it's not going to happen. Look, they haven't just resigned Ian Foster um, for two years. He's got it until the World Cup, uh, unless they, you know, I just the only reason I could think if he was gone early would be if they got done by Ireland, they lose the Bledisloe Cup, and essentially, you know, you know, lose the majority of the games this year. I just, and I still struggle to see it, so it's not going to happen. Um, Razor's going to have to wait till next year, and um, look, he, he's got a good chance of it, but there are going to be other guys. I mean, does Schmidt have a crack? Uh, mm. You know, yeah, it's going to be... And, and look, I, I, if, if Ian Foster wins the World Cup and he wants to retain the job, you know, if they win it, I mean, he'll get it. He, it's, he's likely to retain it, isn't he? So... Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting next uh, 18 
odd months, but uh, it's definitely the waiting game. He's not he's not going anywhere. Uh, Razor and neither, neither is Ian Foster right now. Yeah, that's terrible news for every other Super Rugby franchise that wants a crack at it. There's there's really nothing like him, and it's a, it's an anomaly of a situation where you've got a guy who's probably universally, and I think the majority of New Zealand rugby fans understand that. Well, would like him to be the man to coach the All Blacks, but for whatever reason, one way or another, it's just not the case. One thing I t- spoke about earlier, Robert, is it's not just Razor though. You get a package, and Jason Ryan is part of that package. Izzy has spoken about him, about what he means to the Crusaders and Canterbury rugby coming through, you know, from right at the bottom and working his way up. But the staff that Razor has assembled, and there have been guys like Liam McDonald that have gone and Brad Moore that have gone on to other things, but the staff that he has with him, it's all part of it, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And and Scott Hanson, I actually did a piece yesterday on, on him. He, he's actually... Everyone's been talking about the Crusaders' game plan and how they just did the Blues over. Well, and Scott Hanson's in charge of the, coming up with your attack strategy and game planning, and he's been with them since 2020. He um, he replaced Brad Moore, who's uh, who went over to Scarlets, and now he's uh, All Blacks assistant, obviously. So, um, yes, yeah, Scott Hanson got the credit from Razor yesterday. I mean, he's one that came, he, he was looking at the Blues a month for the last month ahead of the final. So, well. You know, when the trans Tasman games were still going, he was already looking. They they knew they were probably going to get the Blues uh, in the final, and he was plotting their demise over a month ago. And you know, he's got a and and he works closely with the inside backs too. And Richie Mawanga, he's a Linwood man, and uh, so so Richie Mawanga's known him since he was a young fella, mm. and he just talks. He he raves about um, his influence on the team, the influence on his game. He's not he's you know, brutally honest, says it how it is. Um, so he's another one, and you're right. Obviously, Jason Ryan gets probably the, you know the second most recognition outside of um, outside of Razor. But yeah, Scott Han- Scott Hanson's big, and Timothy Timothy Allison deserves plenty of kudos too. And he's in charge of the team's defence. Um, you know, he, he might now with Andrew Goodman leaving, he might it'll be interesting what they do with the, the makeup. He might get a promotion and uh, slot into Goodman's role. We'll see. Yeah, every time I every time I hear about the way that the players talk about the coaches and the coaches talk about the club and the and the fans talk about the club, you just you just wish that the Warriors went down there and did some did some <laughs> some study on exactly what it means to have the DNA like the Crusaders have. What does it mean for the city, Robert, mm. and and the stadium, um, and the issues that you're having down there with this win? Well, I mean, yeah, I saw, I saw plenty of people saying, "Look, Bill." Build this team a stadium uh, straight after full time. You know they they deserve it. And you know, when you when you say that, you have got to point out again, it's it's just one of the things that does irk me a bit when uh, city councillors and and uh, the public are debating. It. It's not just a rugby stadium; it is multi-use. Or, you know, it's, it's concerts and all. But I mean, I mean, it, it is staggering that Sam Whitelock is the only player who's played in the in this team who played uh, at Lancaster Park. Is Great that right? Um, yeah, that's right. I mean, in this. Everyone, there, yeah, all the other players, their career is their home games being played in a in a temporary scaffold clad stadium. So, um, and and look, what what it means for the city. I mean, oh, look, there was a good good turnout. There were hundreds there at the airport to welcome them. I mean, you know, everyone. I've seen plenty of comments. You know, the, the how proud they make them, and you know, of course, it gives everyone a, a wee boost um, down here. All the Crusaders fans. So, look, yeah, as I say, build build them the stadium. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it is, it's a bit of an insane situation, isn't it, mate? Hey, well, look, it's another one done. They'll already be thinking about how they can defend their title. That's the way they work. Uh, the game itself, you know, there's so many different ways to look at it. But um, I just, well, one last one to let you go. Cullen Grace, I just get a feeling that there's a, you, you would have picked this up. There's this real appreciation of Cullen Grace as maybe the next big thing. I just reading between the lines, just some comments Razor's made, Kieran Reed saying he reminds of him of himself. And then the way he's mm. played in this final series and, and after you know, Razor doesn't single too many people out, but he mentioned that he didn't you know, that not making that all black squad pissed him off essentially and he played like a man like who wanted to be in that all black squad. Do you think Cullen Grace has a as a year or a couple of years now that everyone goes, Whoa? Yeah, well, it's it's funny. I mean, they, they, they picked him two years ago when they shouldn't have in the All Blacks, and I, and I was dead against it at the time. I knew it was, it was too early. He should have been playing. He would have done, He would have benefited from playing a season for Canterbury, and uh, instead he went over to Australia with the wife squad and, and basically sat, sat on the bench and uh, didn't even make the 23. Um, so, yeah, I think that... They, and now when he should be picked, they haven't picked him. I mean, look, he's been outstanding this year, and, and I remember even when he came, uh, they first picked him and he did break through uh, I remember Razor saying he's got hops like Kieran Reid and he just spoke about Reid uh, seeing similarities in his own game yeah that's what Razor compared him to Reid back then um, and look he yeah I think he should have made the All Blacks this year he, he was outstanding this season um, his line out work of the week he's probably you know the, in terms of loose forwards in the country you know arguably the best line out operator uh, he, he's he's incredibly hard nosed and physical and you know, last year he missed the NPC season with a serious shoulder injury. So, look, he got healthy this year, stayed healthy. And, look, I, yeah, look, the All Blacks uh, think it would be wise to keep his number, number handy because, look, you know, there's a good chance if uh, there's an injury here or there or he'll, he will get a call-up yet this season. If not, um, well, it's, it's Canterbury's gain and the NPC. And you, know, you just think they're already going to have Braden Edor and George Bridge playing for them this season. Another couple of guys who missed out. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on, on Grace. I think you're right. If he doesn't play for the All Blacks this year, he's, he's definitely... He's still very young. He's got time. So, um, yeah, it's a bright future, no doubt about it. Awesome, Robert. Great to catch up and completely understand what you're saying there around Cullen Grace and the timing of it all. Uh, enjoy covering, well, I guess, the, the wrap-up of this and then into next year. It's always good to read your work on the Crusaders and everything rugby, mate. So, um, thanks for your time. Good as well. Cheers, guys. There you go, Rob Van Roy and the press, rugby reporter, uh, stuff.co.nz. And Cullen Grace, you know what they say, Kempe? Guys, guys that have heavy shoulders, you know, like but they, they just their shoulders hurt. He seems like he could be a bit of that. Maybe he's your next league convert, mate. Well, no, I think he I think he gets a shot. Look, if you look at Origin uh, and the second the second Origin, New South Wales, they've made a number of changes after the first game. And I think there's, you know, common sense says that the All Blacks have their whatever, their team, their 20, 30 players, but right beside them they have names that slot straight in. And I, I actually think he plays by the, uh, the by the end of the series, the Irish series. I think I think that big number eight for Canterbury gets a shot. There you go. 22 minutes past seven. Oh, 800 You've heard Robert Van Royen dissect the Crusaders' season as a whole and how they've done it. What about the game itself? I've got lots of thoughts here. I mean, there's so many different ways to go about it. Have you seen a set-piece be dominated that badly? And can you win a modern rugby game if your set-piece is dominated that badly? Were the Blues spooked by the weather? 
Did McDonald get the mix wrong? Should Papa Lee have started or not played? 0800 811. Come right through on anything Super Rugby final related. Other than that, we're going to talk All Black selection because that was a huge part of it. We're going to catch up on the right winger, left winger, right winger after this on our All Black selection and work out who we're picking today in number 14. Yes. There's only one. 22 minutes past seven. Thanks for your time, uh, Robert Van Royen. We'll hear from you soon. Max Verstappen leading the Canadian Grand Prix with 15 laps to go. The US Open is underway. Scotty Scheffler is on a heater so far today. Here with Chemist Warehouse is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Great savings every day. 27 minutes past uh, 7 a.m. right now. Chris has given us a call on 0800 Our all-black selection will come. Don't worry about that. But uh, the Monday after one of the most dominant Super Rugby performances in a, a long, long time. What's that? Uh, uh, as we're going to talk about, I think, if we've got him there. Chris, are you there on the line? Yeah, hey, Matty. Hey, how are you going? What, what, what did you make of the game? Oh, just stunning, really. And and I, I just love just hearing through the grapevines that playing away and playing in Auckland actually gave them a bit of an edge. And you hear that if it was at Orange Stadium, they that it might not have, you know what I mean? It was just that extra bit of challenge that they loved, like going over to Johannesburg. and They love that. They like, just like grabbing little things and, and it keeps them just, you know, and, and I think also... Just being written off, and and just and they were early. They were just getting written off, and I think it'll happen again next year if we. And it'll happen. It's happened every year. Like it's quite <laughs> funny sitting back and you hear a lot of experts go lost it, and um, they're not they're not the team they were, and it's in the middle of the season, and they never learn. And 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 you sit there, and you, you give up ringing up and trying to sort of say, guys, wait till the end of the year, but. It'll happen next year. If it might not be the Blues, it'll be the Hurricanes or the Chiefs. If we're lucky enough to be good again, um, they'll say, "Oh, the, the, the dynasty's over again," and, and, and it's quite funny. And then, and then it happens again. But can I just say something about the Crusaders? Go back to 2011. What this team means to the city. I, I don't know if, if, if you had to. Look, we we're at war down here. People going about the earthquake, but it was it was two and three years of just constant earthquakes and. Um, that team in 2011, I mean, we were living out in a tent in our house. We had no water, no power, no nothing. Um, my son's flat fell down on him. We lost a couple of people at CTB that we knew well. And um, that's all we had. We, we had the Crusaders. And even though they lost, that's still, uh, I think, sadly, that they were the best team that year. And they just ran out of puff. I mean, they travelled around the world. And um, so that's what it means. And I, and I think a lot of people... They got the city through a whole, whole lot because the Crusaders were literally, that's all we had. And, uh, yeah, that's a special bunch of guys. Yeah. Just- now, Chris, Chris, and I hear you loud and clear, and um, I was down there, so I'm from that region, obviously, and I know exactly what you mean. And you, you do, there is probably a, not quite, because you can't, you couldn't understand if you weren't there, I don't think, what, what that team does mean to the place. And, yeah, you know, you get a hard time from other sports fans around New Zealand or other Super Rugby fans and you're one-eyed, ha-ha, all that stuff. Yeah, well, that's because we are one-eyed. But there is actually a deeper connection to that team, and I hear you loud and clear on that. And you're right, 2011, that final just ran out of puff against the Reds. Appreciate your call, Chris. And, yeah, it's interesting, Kempe. They will get ridden off every year, but they do have the proof in the pudding now. Yeah, look, um, I think the, you know, the poignant part of that conversation there was uh, – 
what it meant to the to the families and all that when you you've got something to hang on to. In 1989 in Newcastle, um, there was an earthquake as well, and there's an iconic picture in Newcastle, which they still use today, of a, a rubble, some rubble, and a, and a hand reaching out, and it's being pulled back up by the Newcastle players. And and basically, you know, what he's saying is that you know. This is what we hold on to every year. Even even in times of adversity, we, we can rely on the Crusaders. And I just think that was a really good call. Yeah, it was, Chris. And you know, Kempe, they don't even speak about it. You don't have to because they were there. They know. Razor's a guy who's been around Jason. Right? There's just great, this Ken Tabrians, it's just same as Newcastle. It's not something you have to talk about. You just know. 29 away from eight. Joe, stay on the line, mate. We're going to get to you after the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. We'll hear from Aroha on the Formula One for the end of the hour as well. SENZ, we are 27 minutes away from 8am this morning, reflecting on a Super Rugby final. Scotty Scheffler's five under the US Open, leading the pack. Chris made a point about Christchurch and the connection the team has to the city. Well, Razor spoke about making the old boys proud. Through the week, we dug pretty deep into what it takes to win a championship and reflected on a lot of other teams that had done it and, and why. So that connected us probably into how hard it was going to be, didn't it, Scooter? And there's a lot of messages from old players and coaches and captains that just reflected that... Um, Probably first 15 minutes. Yeah, you don't turn your back on a legacy, and, and uh, that's what they connected with. Joe, you're in Gizzy. You would have soaked it all in. What do you make of it, mate? Oh, mate, the three places that they won it, they, they destroyed the set piece, obviously. And then um, that's why Eklund and Robinson aren't All Blacks, mate. They choked at the biggest time of the season. Everyone called for them to be All Black selectors. Mate, get back in the Māori team and try and work your way back. Second of all, they outmuscled the Auckland team. They kicked their door off the hinges, mate, went straight down the passageway and ate their fridge. Uh, and it's just <laughs> what you saw, what you saw was that that team just kicked them and kicked them. And then guess what? There was so much talk about the All Blacks coming off the bench for the Blues. Those young boys outmuscled them and they were, they were more hungry, you know. And that scrum at the end when young Tamoti turned over the AB front row and they got the penalty, they just didn't want it enough. And that's the end of it, you know. They, like I say, the Crusaders had to travel, had to had to get up there, bring their A game, but they were just like the All Blacks. You know, their set piece outstanding. You know, they wanted it more. They outmuscled the opposition, and their bench came on and delivered. And in the end, Kempe, you just had to pop your blue balloons and go home. <laughs> the blue balloons are still out there, mate. Carrying them around for next year. Let's let's hope. What about your Warriors, Joe? Oh, don't even go down that road, mate. But hey, <laughs> hey I agree. Hey, hey Louis, Louis, yeah. Louis, my lock came in. Hey, you know, the Cossack, the, the Penrith Panthers by 24, and the Crusaders. Yeah, you did. You're moral multi from the mail run. Joe, it's a very good one. I told you to come in, and you said it was a lay, baby. It was the play of the weekend. But, uh, um, Kimby, Reese Walsh has to come to stand off. 100%. Or, or um, in the halves, every time he touched the ball, we, we were busy. You know, he, he's too small to bring the ball back from the back. He can't catch the ball enough under the high ball, unfortunately. But as soon as he gets in the line, he's got fizz. You know, everybody's looking for him, and he creates. So let's bring him up there with the young fella. Let's put Sean Johnson out to pasture, you know, and uh, and let's play our young fellas. But that's where I think the Warriors need to go because every time he came into the line, he looked dangerous, Kempe. Yeah, good move. I, th- I think so too. He needs to move up to six. I think 
Uh, we saw what Shannon um, can do when he moves into nine. Geez, he was good to it, hooker. So mm. let's see what Stace comes up with this week. Uh, Kim, uh, Joe, make sure that you listen at about 20 to nine. We'll cook all things rugby league, forecast the week with Kempe and Vossi, of course, on with Smithy as well today. So you're going to get your league fixed. Don't worry about that. All right, it's time for the Choices Flooring Poll time on your Monday morning. See your floor change in an instant with RoomView. Thanks to Choices Flooring. Now, Joe's made an interesting point about the fringe All Blacks there, Kempe, and how hungry they were. I'll give you four options, but you could you could suggest more. Go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on Twitter. Here are the four options. Of the fringe All Blacks or the All Black contenders, which one boosted their performance and chances the most? So which one boosted their chances to be a more solidified All Black from that final? David Harvey, Leicester, Fanganuku, Cullen Grace. And I'll stick Stephen Petafeta in there because I don't think it was all bad for Petafeta on the back of a pack that was going backwards my early nomination and uh look i think it's actually to me it's clear it was david harvey david harvey played like a guy who'd been playing second five his whole life at test level he worked with jack goodhue in kempe uh, a center pairing which looked like it knew what their goal was it had direction it had purpose defensively they were hitting hard they were sticking their tackles as centers have to do unless you want to make your outsides go crazy but on offense they ran hard lines their handling was crisp it was skillful I just felt like he meshed and he knew what he was doing and I think David Harvey could do a lot worse than giving him the All Blacks 12 jumper yeah and I think as he pointed out last week too that uh, the Blues Blues Crusaders game was sort of like an All Black trial Um, and certainly for the first test because we had a lot of matchups uh, out there on Saturday night, so be interesting to see what Fozzie and the and the team come up with with their starting um, side. But yeah, Havili at twelve would, wouldn't be out of place. Or, you know, Jack Goodhue, man, oh, Jack Goodhue, how big is he? He's a big boy. He's a big man. Yeah. Oh, I was surprised. Yeah, I actually, actually didn't think he was that big. But you know, whether or not they go with Moanga Havili Goodhue, you could look at it on Saturday night. After this, we're going to do our All Blacks twenty three selection. We're talking left wing. Uh, you didn't get a look at Caleb Clark. No, we're talking right wing. Are we talking left wing? Why can't I remember? Right wing. Picking right wing, announcing our left wing. That's why I can't remember because we're doing both. Picking our right wing. You got a hell of a look at Severe Reese. How busy and how industrious is he? We've said that about the left wing when you can't work it out. Will Jordan played well as well. We'll discuss all of that. But double eight, double three, or go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on Twitter. You know, which one of those contenders did themselves a huge favour? David Harvey, Cullen Grace, Lester Fanganuku, Stephen Petafeta. Um, you can stick Hoskins and or Aketa in there. I didn't because I just, I, I don't think, I don't imagine you'd have nice things to say. But if you do, come right through. Double eight, double three. We'll talk more All Black selection and we'll catch up with Aroha on the Formula One as well. 20 to 8, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Loving it. SCNZ. For the great selection, it's Izzy and Kempe's All Blacks 23. Away for Ioani, Satutu, oh, miss out pass and a beautifully done. Bryce Heem away for Clark, Clark busting his way through, Caleb Clark too big, too strong and under the bar he goes. Gee whiz, they could have used him Saturday night, Kempe, but Caleb Clark's our left winger and our great All Black selection. That pushes us along with two positions in the starting team to go. We're trying to pick the team for the first test against Ireland with your help on double eight double three and SCNZ underscore Instagram. Right winger, so Reese doesn't get the nod there. Do you start Severe Reese on the right wing ahead of Will Jordan, assuming that Geordie Barrett's your fullback? Well, Geordie Barrett's name is the first name on the sheet. So oh, the, the answer to that is no, because you, where are you going to put Will Jordan on the bench? No, you put Will Jordan in the team. 
So Will Jordan, for me, gets that right wing spot. He gets it. Mate, if this ain't a landslide, then... Yeah, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> Seriously. But Sevu Sevu though, you know, I thought I thought you could start with Will and Sevu Reese on the wings because they you know, Sevu Reese on the weekend. Like all week, all every week. He's e- so e- busy, yeah, mate. Yeah, you're you know, so right. he's a very good player. So good backup. I guess having him come off the bench, you'd rather have him than Will Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. I I I understand why Caleb Clark the appeal of him, but I almost wonder if Leicester Fanganuku is the informed version of Caleb Clark at the moment. So they all got votes, but Will Jordan, it would be my right winger. Who's your right winger? Double eight, double three for the great selection. Make sure you get in touch. We'll go to SENZ underscore Instagram. We'll talk fullbacks tomorrow. SENZ. All right, that's parking footy just for a wee bit because Formula One actually the US Golf Open's on fire. Scotty Scheffler is carving it up. Will Zalatoris has fallen off the pace. John Rahm chasing Matt Fitzpatrick and Will, uh, sorry, and Scotty Scheffler at five and six under. But right now, being interviewed by the Formula One Racing broadcast is Max Verstappen because Aroha, he's done it again. Mad Max, he won. How did he do it? I feel like I've heard that nearly every weekend. He did really well. It was a mental fight the whole weekend. The track's been almost a swamp it's been flooded and they had qualifying in all sorts of weird conditions that saw Fernando Alonso on the front row with Max Verstappen at the start of the Grand Prix Um, he didn't finish there he ended up finishing in seventh place and weird things have happened this weekend like Mercedes is back on the podium with Lewis Hamilton instead of George Russell and Carlos Sainz took out second place but it was real close in those last laps I really thought Sainz might be able to pull it off but he just didn't have enough guts in in the Ferrari Charles Charles Leclerc started at the back of the pack and he ended up finishing fifth with his, he took all these engine penalties because he had to get a new power unit and stuff after the thing blew up last weekend and they had two DNFs. So it was quite I'm, – I'm, I'm happy. Uncle Lewis is back on the podium. And, <laughs> and, and I, 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 I was like, no, no. I had to stop watching at one point because I was, he was in third place and I was like, no, this, this, they're just tricking me. This is a trick. This is a trick. Is this car slow? Why is, he being, why is Uncle Lewis not being on the pace this year? The car is crap, um, and the, he's shrunk by about five inches because of the porpoising, and when it's not porpoising, they're smashing into the ground so hard that it's just about destroyed all their vertebrae. But it's not just him. It's There are a lot of cars with porpoising. McLaren, McLaren's car was rubbish this weekend too. Poor old um, Lando. I don't even know if he – was he still in the race? I well, think it just sort of dropped does off. Does Daniel Ricciardo still drive in the Formula 1? Do you it? mean like well or just drive? Because <laughs> – I feel like I haven't seen him. The Honey Badger has had a rough season, two seasons. three. Basically, every season since he left Red Bull have been a bit bit tough for our Aussie compatriot. Uh, but he finished ahead of, well, he should have finished ahead of Lando because Lando was having such a rubbish race. I've only written down the top ten because I was still screaming when Lewis Hamilton finally got across the line for third. And he'll, he'll be talking now. like he, When he's in a good mood, he'll do like a seven-minute ex- acceptance speech. It's kind speech. of like Kempe. You notice he's being a bit sheepish today, Aroha. Oh, whatever. No, Jesus. I see some similarities there. He's, he's, you, he's on, you know, you know Aroha. You know what Louis like. He's he's a little man with with a big ego, <laughs> and he's, he gets one chance a year in his Crusaders time to come off the back fence, and that's oh, it. Oh, that's right, Kempi. 
the Crusaders won. Yeah. <laughs> That's our, did you think there was anything else on the show today? Well, see, I could, I've kind of been watching Formula One. But I have been looking <laughs> looking at Nemia Tialata being um, trolled on Twitter. How angry was he about the breakdancing? <laughs> What? Why doesn't he like the breakdancing? Who was that? Nemia Tialata put, no breakdance, please, for the sake of rugby, no. Oh, Let on. your boys enjoy the win. <laughs> come I'm, on, it's part I'm of the legacy. I'm smashing my TV if he does. I want to see I want to see, I want to see. see Razor doing it when he's like 70 <laughs> and he's coaching the Crusaders. Yeah, yeah. The, the memes, the resulting memes of uh, Razor's breakdance being posted onto that tweet. Um, it's been a razor dump on Nemia Tialata. Yeah, well. he's Well deserved. He's I got think. a fan club, as oh. does Daniel Ricciardo. We've got a text here from Bobby, says hashtag free Daniel Ricciardo. So there you go. Free Daniel Ricciardo. And, poor, and you know what? He looks quite good in papaya. Not a lot of people can pull off orange. <laughs> Thank you, Araha. You're welcome. Thank you, Araha. There you go. That's what's Great update. Formula One. We need more of these every Monday. Lewis Hamilton, right, he's smiling because he's back on the podium. Nine away from eight. Kempe, it might be a good time for you to take a walk because after this, I'm just going to, I don't know. You Are you going to talk more about Crusaders? I am, and I don't want you to get grumpy. Oh, this, this is the Louis Crusaders show. Yeah, okay. Kempe, eight and a half away from eight. I just want to give you forwarding at five minutes. You can either leave or you can stay. Right. Right. I ain't going nowhere. All right, back after this. Get out. It's one of the most iconic scenes in the Treasure TV show, The Wire, isn't it? A simple line, Kempi, which has been used as a poignant analogy in endless moments throughout the years. You come at the king, you best not miss. Now, if you want the throne, take it. But if you don't, well, be prepared for retribution. Because to rule, you must be ruthless, merciless and cold-blooded. There's not a better way to describe what happened to Leon McDonald and the Blues on Saturday night. They had every right to take their shot at the throne, to write their names into history. They had a fantastic season where they showed time and time again they were a worthy challenger, desperate to reach the lofty heights. But did they respect the size of the challenge? Did they understand who the king was and what the king would do if they didn't act with their own ruthless intent? Scott Robertson spoke about stepping up and being a step ahead knowing the pack was coming and they wanted the throne. He knew what the Blues desired and he knew how to rally his men to defend everything they had built. The Crusaders weren't just ready to thwart any challenge on their kingdom on Saturday night. They took the battle to those who wanted what they had and they reminded the rugby public how ruthless, merciless and cold-blooded they can be. Not many sports teams worldwide have the hunger year in, year out which Razor distills in his men. Maybe this failure at the last hurdle will breed that inside Leon McDonald's blue squad. Maybe this will be the hiccup they needed to understand the enormity of what they were trying to do. Because remember... Hey, yo, lesson here, baby. You come at the king... Good show, The Wire, Kempe. Have you ever watched it? Yeah, I have. I have. That was very good, Louis. That was very good for someone uh, that uh, bleeds red and black. 
and uh, likes to get it out there on the day where the champs have got their trophy and they're walking around the city. When are you going home? How come, did you fly home on Sunday to welcome them back into the airport? Well, I was there last weekend for the semi-final, and if the Brumbies had got up, I would have stayed and I would have lived in the pool house because I tell you what, the pool house is comfier than the <laughs> studio. One last shout-out. We spoke about Ben O'Keefe in the lead-up. Ben O'Keefe should have a massive round of applause. He understood the occasion and he did what we all asked and he made the game about the rugby and not the whistle. And to do that, he actually had to turn That's his like back. That's what you want in a final. And he had to turn his back on the way that they wanted him to ref, probably. Mm. Those cards he kept in his pockets, awesome. He was great, Kempi. So massive, massive um, thank you and congrats to Ben O'Keefe. That's it. All right, I'll, I'll park my... Um, myself just in the corner for now but we do have Izzy Dag coming up after 8 o'clock so I don't know which is worse <laughs> in the meantime we'll go get some McCafe coffees here's Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand yeah Louis Hamilton back on the podium but Max Verstappen winning in Canada CNZ, three minutes past 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, plenty going on in the world of sport. The LPGA final round, one of their premier events, is underway. Lydia Coe, she's only three or four shots back off the lead, actually. She is 14 under. Lexi Thompson leading today, uh, leading at 17 under with Nelly Quarter. So Lydia, she's one under through nine. If she could crank a couple of birdies, pick up some shots, here she is putting um, for birdie. She could be right in the hunt. Just misread that one, so she'll tap in for par. Australia have won the World Cup of Darts, Kimpy. Whoa, who would have thought? Beating the new, uh, world number one, too, in the final we placed for Wales. So, yeah, man, that's a massive... Uh, I, I just watched them pick the cup up. They obviously didn't expect to win it. But um, well done to the Aussies. Oh, I- I can't say I knew that they were going to even be in the final. Um, if anyone knows about Australians, and Ben Francis, if you're listening, can you give us some clarification? Have they actually just won the World Cup of Darts? Because it seems insane. Scotty Scheffler's carving it up in the fourth round at the US Open. And Max Verstappen and Red Bull are atop at the Canadian Grand Prix. We've got some awesome messages here we could get through around the rugby. But let's do it with our man who's not there. He's <laughs> <laughs> he is there. He's just he's just lying in bed down in Queenstown. Probably probably got a big cooked breakfast, mate. Being fed to him by Daisy. He's <laughs> even even when he's there, he's not there. Uh, is he dag? No, of course he he'll be here in a second. We're looking. How do you explain the view that? Uh, you know when he leaves, they put the mannequin in his seat in his pool house? <laughs> Mate, I love that. I'm going to take a picture of that. That's one of the best I've ever it's seen. It's on our Twitter. We put that up on Twitter? It's on our Twitter. So his, so, so his, his masseuse Man- Mandy, done that, Mandy. Who lives at the back of his property. In a, in a tiny home. In yep. a tiny home. She's come into his pool house. 
and she's put up, and you can go look at it on SCN's Instagram page, she's put a sign hanging around an Izzy Dag cutout, which is wearing a red and black wig, saying, think Kempi owes Izzy and Louis a beer, quote... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm quite happy. I'm quite happy to go out and have a beer, boys, as you know. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, biggest punishment of your I'm life. I'm looking yeah, I'm looking forward to it because the Crusaders won't win that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> won't try to either. Dangerous game to play. Um there's a couple of nice messages here. Good morning, fellas. Not surprised one bit with the rugby result at the weekend. After watching both semi and Crusaders definitely carried more momentum into the final. Not a Crusaders fan in any shape or form, but the best team won on the day and won so, so fair play. They just got to a, did not allow the Blues to settle and won down to the ref, well done to the ref for using their heads and not letting the game flow. All the best. Have a great day. Leave your name there. That's a, an, Yeah, good refereeing. I love it when the referees take themselves out of those big games because so, yeah. so many times, yeah, how many times do we see the referee take, like not just centre stage, but absolutely lack of control of a football game? Yeah, oh, and it's frustrating every single time. Ricardo, up after 9 o'clock a little bit later on, but right now we've got him uh, live from an onsen hot pool probably or maybe the back nine at Millbrook if he got up nice and early. Hello, Izzy. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, it's a good day to be a crusader. Yes! <laughs> you sneak it? Oh, mate, have you been have you been on a three day bender? Oh, mate, honestly, I've never been so proud. I have never ever been so proud. It was so good, boys. What an absolute clinic! It was. It was. Izzy, I want to ask you, mate, because you couldn't tell us last week. But the, uh, they they let it out of the bag that the old boys had a bit the same. Mate, did you actually go into the club and talk to the players before the game? Uh, we all had, we all had sent some videos in. Yeah, so we um, we just uh, uh, sent a few videos through just about finals footy. and well, Most of those players have been there and done that. It was more just about encouraging them to say, you know, just head up there and, and uh, you know, we rallied behind them. They got our full support and... Um, yeah, just sent it through on Wednesday, um, middle last week, and, and they obviously played it to the lads on probably Friday. And mate, it was uh, uh, what a what an absolute clinic. Okay, like I, that's why I spoke last week about it. And obviously, it looks a bit biased because I've played for them, and I'm, I'm always t- talking them up, mate. But like finals footy, it's different, you know. The pressure, mm. the the little moments, and uh, just. Just the, you know the, the pr- amount of pressure that the Crusaders applied from the get go. You know they they kicked off early, put them down their own end, gave them a, a difficult time to exit their own end, just kept them down in their own territory for about thirty minutes, dropped goals, scoreboard pressure, boys. Oh, it's huge! But they were making uncharacteristic mistakes for about that whole entire game, really. You know, just dropping balls, pedal fit to drop in a couple easy ones and. Um, you know, you, you got Bodie who was, you know, just under so much pressure and, and it just shows, eh, like pressure just amounts and then they just, they weren't able to adapt and then they had no set piece. So that goes a long way as well. Um, but mate, you're pro- probably the most proudest I've ever been. Like I played in a couple, but I'm probably more proud watching that one. Yeah. And you, and you, and you talked about the set pieces. We'll talk a little bit about that in a minute, but I just want to touch on this uh, conversation that I've just heard Razor um, have, and he talked about the co- co- connectiveness of the uh, old boys and the club 
uh, history with today's players, mate. That's yeah. that's what we're talking about with DNA, isn't it? That that's that IP, yeah, Uncle, and that DNA. Just you know, like when you when you leave, like it's probably like everything. When you leave a club, you you know, like you feel a bit awkward or you feel a little bit disconnected. You don't feel probably like you're welcome to go back and mm. and walk into training or or just go even chat to the lads. But mate, they they honestly love it when past players, even if you played you know, back in 1997 or 98, they love it when past players, a player that's got that Crusaders number, that's your number. I'm Crusader 149. You've got the key to the to the training field, mate. You've got the key to the offices. You can roll up anytime, take your family and kids, go watch training, and, and you're a part of that family forever. Mm. And that's what they try and... Um, they try and do for, for the past players. They've got an alumni group, which is spearheaded by um, Corey Flynn. Uh, you've got a few uh, other players like Adam Whitelock. You've got Ruben Thorne and, uh, and past players like that. And we um, we have a couple of meetings a year, Johnny Leo'o, um, and we just try and stay connected. And then we get invited back into the training, mate. They do a mean-ass haka for us. They put on a mean kai. Um but they're just always keeping you in, in, in included, you know, like you, you get sent the themes, you know, like you just get a real understanding of what's going on behind the scenes. So when people ask you questions, you're not just guessing, you've got a genuine answer to, to what's happening. Anyway, that's for me personally. I've, I've still got a real good connection um, with all of the players and Razor Ray and, and Jason, all those boys. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty good at that, Uncle. Hey, Izzy, on the actual game itself, look, the, the way that Sam Whitelock and Jace Ryan, Scott Barrett, or whoever, I assume Sam Whitelock is probably the mastermind, has engineered that co- complete and utter pillaging of a line-out. No team can win when you lose more than half your line-outs. I don't care who you are. You can't do it. Nah. So you know Sam really well. I know your, your kids know each other. You've spoken about as a young Freddie yeah. that's a charger, goes around. You, you know the bloke. But <laughs> how intelligent, like his rugby IQ, how... how Explain it to us, that people that don't know him. Like, how smart is he when he gets on a rugby field? He's very, very smart, but he's also got a big heart, mate. Big ticker. Like you saw him, he's big black eye in the first minute. Doesn't matter. Doesn't rattle him, mate. He stays on and just, just fights through it, mate. So he's got a big ticker, but he's very, very clever. But you, you, have you heard his comments post that you wouldn't have probably heard it though? You were at the game. Um, he actually spoke about uh, defensive lineouts. It wasn't actually him. He said it was Cullen Graves. Um, Clinton Strange and all the young guys, he, he obviously, that's what great leaders do. They, they pass on, um, you know, they pass on a certain roles to help these young players grow and he gives them opportunities to grow their game for, for a player like him. He could take it all on, but then you're not bringing these other young kids up with you and not getting them to learn. So when he has to leave one day, which is, you know, inevitable, He's going to have to um, park up and, and go make some cash or more cash than he already has. Um, <laughs> that, that those players, when they're in those situations, when he's not there, they've already felt it and they've already had that role and they've, they've been able to nail it. So um, it, it has, that's his biggest strength, say, is he's, he's very approachable, mate, and he's, he's willing to, to, to bring players up with him, to, to offer like experiences, a bit of, bit of knowledge. But, mate, he is so, so good. And you saw how just dominant he was in that um, in that whole entire game. Obviously, the lineouts was key, 
uh, that would win a long way. That they can't operate if you got no line out. And I was pumped when I seen them not being able to catch anything. And then they bought Luke Romano. I was like, wonder if Luke can make a change. But no, nah, didn't do anything. It was just a, a bit of a debacle. They had them uh, in two minds. But then I think about the scrum lads. Now, wow. Let me get you started on the scrum. <laughs> what about... What about when offer comes on with Carl Tui Nukuafi? Big Fletch. The best loose head in the country, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and the mighty Williams and Fletch and Noel just absolutely buckle them. Right, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, thinking, I'm sitting there going, wow, I did not see that coming. That is crazy, and that is, to be honest, a wee bit concerning. If I'm going to be completely honest, it's a wee bit concerning. Thirteen days out for the first test. Mm. So, yeah, oh. that's an that's an uh, that's an insight. That's an insight, is he? Because you're dead right. You know, if the young blokes come on, then we saw, we talked about that with Ireland having a young team come down here, and we don't want them to do that to the All Blacks. But you talk about that leadership and how it's passed down and filtered down through those structures, and they're all on the same page, and they. They obviously know what they're doing and been given the autonomy to do this. You've got to take your hat off to Ray, Razor and Whitelock for, for that. I've got a text there, um, as I'm going to read it out, because I want to get your <laughs> feedback on it. It says, Morning, Louie. Do, uh, they do mean a lot to us Cantabs from the earthquake days. They weren't just playing for us. They walked amongst us, manned a shovel, delivered food parcels and cuddled little old ladies, um, which gave us such a boost uh, at the time and we still stay connected to them all. Can you just tell us a little bit about, because we spoke to... Thanks um, for that, PJ, by the way. Yeah, we, 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 we spoke to one of the uh, journalists down there about what it means to Canterbury and the people. Can you just talk about that, Izzy, what it means to them? Oh, mate, it's, um, we've been for a lot, eh? We've been for a hell of a lot down there, and, and there hasn't been any give, and, and it's been um, difficult times. But I guess for us as the Crusaders... Um, you know, a team that, that the, you know, that Canterbury region absolutely loves. And not only Canterbury, a lot of people around the country and, and, and around the world love, love the team and what they're about. So for us, it was a difficult time. It was a real difficult time. And it would have been easy for us to, like, uh, we were all scared too, mate. We all had kids. And we all had um, our family members. And we were worried. We, you know, we were thinking, wow, you know, what's going on? We had no power. Um, no, like, food was... Um, pretty limited because obviously some of us didn't go out and, and go get a bit of kai so like there's there's times there when you just had so much uncertainty um, but for us as a team we, we came together and we connected and then we just said look this is bigger than rugby um, this is actually people out there are really affected and they are hurting and, and they're going through a real difficult time so we have a platform here you know people obviously respect us and they look up to us and it'll be easier for us to just stay in our homes and, and worry about us. But how inspiring would it be for us if we go out and out there and help? So as a team, we just we just connected and we and we tried to um, just get out. To, we couldn't do everything, but for us, we just went out and and tried to help as many people as possible. And and like the biggest thing down in Christchurch during the earthquake was liquefaction, mate. Mud was everywhere, and and it was just a horrible, horrible mess. So for us, we just. Get on the spades, get out there, get the wheelbarrows, start digging, get him muddy, get him dirty, and and just trying to help as uh, as much as possible. And I think 
you know, we're, we're humans, bro. Like, we, we got feelings and we, and we care. So for us, it was an easy decision just to get out there and, and help and, and just uh, respect our, our people that are, that are doing it tough. So we try to do that. It was a difficult year, Kempe. We had no stadium. We had no uh, homes. I remember that first week, bro, like uh, me, Matt Burquist, Zach, uh, a few others. We just bunked up at home, bro, and, and had, we only had, we had no toilet. So we, we had mm-hmm. no toilet. We had a barbecue, and, and, and I had a wound-up radio, bro. So I used to wind up this radio and listen to the news and, I was only about a kilometre from the CCC, CCTV building and just, you know, hearing all that, it was it was a difficult time. But, yeah, we had an opportunity to go out and help and we just rallied around, bro. And Izzy, the community and, like, people like myself and Crusaders fans all through Christchurch, they've never forgotten it and that's why they feel so connected. I remember reading in Dan Carter's book, I think it was Andy Ellis was influential in saying, let's play for these people. Let's not turn our back on the city now. This is when they want us. And, you know, the whole the whole way you guys rallied around the city and vice has been replicated vice versa and, um, you know, the way that the community feels so connected. Just quickly before we let you go, mate, All Blacks, with a little eye to the All Blacks, is there any reason after watching that game, Ian Foster, Brad Moore, John Plumtree, Joe Schmidt, Grant Fox can't give the midfield car keys to Jack Goodhue and David Harvey and feel confident they can do the job after watching them play on the weekend? Oh, there's no reason, Louis, for sure. Um, yeah, like that, that was Davies' best game I've seen him play Ever. for a long time, I yeah. must say. Yeah. He was just so, so good. Like, he, he just really complimented Richie Moonga. Like, he allowed Richie to be able to play like that. You think you just think Richie's an absolute freak. He is. He's very athletic and he's got a real mouth of well known where to be and he can get out of trouble so easily. But that comes down to his ability with his connections with David Harvey. Like, Davey's got a great boot on him. So as a team, you're constantly worrying about relieving the pressure. How do I kick? We know there's space there. But when Davey's there, he knows he's he can he can probably roam a bit. He can probably get out of his first receiving role and start getting into other positions, knowing that Davy can kick. But then on the other side of the ball, bro, I thought defensively he was so good. So there's a couple of times he had to shoot out the line. If he misses that, they're gone. He 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 nailed. The only one that he missed was that one when he rushed up over the scrum and it and it bounced and he slipped over, and then made that little break down the left. But before that, mate, he was shutting them down. Jack Goodhue was just big. And you think like RTS and Rico Yuani, probably the you know two of the, two of the form centres in the comp, going up that were were made to look um, yeah pretty pretty average I feel. But hey, even I said yesterday when I did a um, I did a, a phone call with Drew Mitchell and I said I said look to be honest Dan Carter would have looked average behind that pack. <laughs> you can't get anywhere when you when you when you got no front football so. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta look give them that thing, you know, like they didn't have a pack, they didn't have front football, but David Hovely, Jack Goodhue, mate, they've just yeah, they'll be making the coaches think, Okay, maybe we might have it wrong there. We'll be, well, let's give it to the Crusaders. Just just play them all, Louis. Yeah, <laughs> mate, you touched on you touched on it last what week. Oh uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I think he, um, I think there'd be I think there'd be a really good argument for um, starting Mawonga, uh, Havili, and Jack Goodhue as the as the five eight second five and centre. Uh, yeah, but oh, you just don't you just don't know what um, that next step up to international football is going to be. They des- like you said last week, as it was a a All Black trial. And you've got blokes that yeah. matched up and actually went out there and done a job on on their opposite. So whether or not Foster and his team say, right, 
that's that's where we're going to go in the in the first week uh, of the of the test. Then let's go there. I, well, I have no problem with that. Just just before we wind up, mate, just tell us what you're doing. How's the how's the family? They enjoying the break down there? Have you got a bit of golfing? Yeah, yeah. I had a game yesterday. I had a jam at the hills. It was freezing. It was cold and yuck, so I didn't enjoy that. But um, <laughs> no, we're good, lads. We're, we're good, eh? Just just chilling out. The kids are having fun. We're going to go up the mountain tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow. Today, we're just going to um, chill out at, out at Moorbrook and, yeah, just have a real relax, bro. It's, it's been awesome. It's been good just to be able to chill and, uh, look, honestly, set my alarm five to eight. How good, boy. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping. Is he sleeping? Yeah. Love right. it, mother. Uh, all right, Izzy. We'll look forward to having you back. Have you seen what Mandy's done to your cutout in the pool house? Kempi owes us a beer. I love it. I loved it, eh, Kimpy? That's so good, man. Mate, that's honestly hey, boys, keep boys. it. Keep it. I'll have that. I'll have that. I'll put it up I'll put it up in Kerry, mate, in one of the one of the pads up there and just keep it forever. Yes, brother. Hey boys, let's just heat say I really appreciate giving me this opportunity. You hold the fort down and, and everyone out there, thank you. Love you, miss you. And uh anytime, boys, I'll be I'll be chatting chat most most of the week, so just give me a call. Oh, okay. Six oh five tomorrow. Perfect. That's Daggy. Live from Milbrook at twenty two minutes past eight this morning. Um and we love your messages coming through. Jim from Tamuka. We're gonna go and conference this one in the break here, Kimby. He's written an ode to Ken and Zaid. And we're going to see if we should read this poem. I'll get you to ear check it for me. Uh, there's some great messages coming through. People uh, worried about a ke- lack of a carer's performance. I think I'd be highly concerned with the lack of his performance and Satutu, no presence around the field. And you're right, we haven't spoken about Bowden Barrett today because there's probably no point. Dan Carter couldn't win behind that pack off that set piece. And I think Izzy made that point very well. 23 minutes past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Scotty Scheffler playing some unbelievable golf in the last round of the US Open. Mike and Tutakakis come through on double eight, double three, and said, Crusaders have Razor, ABs have got Foster. What's wrong here? And that's the text. That is the full text. And John in Auckland's giving us a call on the Kenatai phone line. Morning, John. How are you feeling? Yeah, morning, morning. Morning, man. Um, yeah, the blue supporter, you know, obviously disappointed, mate, but. That's the final we all wanted. We all wanted to see if the Blues um, were actually the best team in Super Rugby, and it showed that they weren't. I mean, 15 wins in a row, yep. I'd probably say that's a success, but um, it's not as successful as we wanted it to be. But, you know, all accolades must go to the Crusaders, um, to the Waitaha region, to that part of the country, just producing, you know, amazing footballers, an amazing club. Um, an amazing culture down there, and they deserve everything that comes their way. Um, as uh, Daggy pointed out, their Ford Pack just absolutely pummeled uh, the Blues Ford Pack, who are mostly All Blacks. Um, just on Akita and Hoskins, um, I actually thought they played a really good game. It's just that um, they were in a Ford Pack that were dominated by. Yeah. Well, John, on that though, isn't it their job as Lucy's to stop the breakdown ascendancy of the Crusaders? Eventually, it is man on man in the breakdown. Yeah, 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 definitely. But um, you know, if if the others are not pulling their weight, mate, you can only do so much. Um, they actually make good meters, but then you know you see Christie and and Cullen, Cullen Grace, who actually had standout performances. They've been there before, mate. The Crusaders. Mm. So I wasn't surprised that they were going to produce something like that. But you're absolutely right. They're All Blacks, and they need to get their um, A into G or whatever, mm. especially up against this Ireland team. And uh, it's going to be interesting because. 
the mighty Williams is in the Māori All Blacks, and they play before the All Blacks. So there might be some questions, mate, whether they can pull him into the ABs team because uh, the All Blacks have done that before. Yeah, there is precedent for that. You're right, John. Great call, man. And look, appreciate your humility. Um, yeah, awesome. And you guys will be back. You had a hell of a season, Kempi. That's awesome to hear from John. Yeah, good, good, uh, good conversation too around the selections of the All Blacks and and who they do do pull through. It's really interesting watching the uh, the first Test match. You know, we had we had a a really good talk um, about the Island team coming down last week and and where they saw it. Uh, they're not expecting the Island team to come down here and actually win any games, but. You know, you get into that test match um, cauldron and, and things change on a dime, you know. And uh, we'll just see, you know. There there are some fringe guys that stood up on Saturday night in that Crusader side who put their hand up and said, look, I think you just need to remember that I'm standing here ready to be picked. I hadn't even thought about Tamati Williams, to be honest, as a, in terms of the All Blacks, but I think Izzy and John just made the point. Um, Kaltoi Nukuafi's been picked and remember what Grant Fox said to us oh we've done it before you still pick your best players in the squad we wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't have loved to see him get buckled the other one that I think is interesting we'll talk about later in the week Kempi is Roger Tua versus Sheik we've heard that he's not a project but is that an issue can he can he just be a project is that fine like why why do we have to say he is like a why do we have to lump all this pressure on Roger why do we admit that he's trying to play a new sport and he's going to take time and I I want to talk to you about that and get your perspective from that. I know you you love Roger and I love what he's bouncing yeah, to do. Look, I you know I've only heard the the word project uh, just recently. I don't I, look. He's he's not a spring chicken, Roger. He's been around and it it isn't a new sport for him. He played all of his his younger football right through grades and, and junior New Zealand grades and rugby union before he switched to the league. It's just that he's been at it for a long time. And he's made a good foot of it. And I actually spoke to his manager about it on the weekend. Um, and he's had a plan, Roger, to 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 make it into the All Black side, and everything's going to plan at the moment. The the um, what you got to remember about a plan is that it just doesn't stop when you make the All Black team. So making the All Black team now is to make the All Black starting team. And what we saw on the weekend was that, and Dave Havili and and Goodhue, they're they're probably the starting centres. So learn what you can while you're in that team, and learn from the guys when they're going out because you're going into Test match football now. And what Roger needs to do is get back into that part of his plan now. I hear you. I just don't think there should be a rush. And I just don't think we need to declare him an excellent rugby union player. There's no need. 27 away from nine. Are we going to talk more rugby league, though, Kempi? I can't wait for that. We need to dissect some league. We'll get to your messages after this with Aroha Shares Shares with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Ah, 25 away from nine. Paulie Mawadi's not far away from tab.co.nz. I want to play you one thing here, Kempe. This would be the worst feeling as a coach, and it's credit to Leo McDonald for actually admitting it and saying these words, but here he is in the post-match. But they got up, well, you know, like it's nearly like they had our playbook there. They were, they were reading our play and, and, and uh, causing a lot of trouble there. And we tried variations and, um, and we were just unable to get quality ball to launch off. Um, the scrum was sort of similar too, really. Is that the worst feeling when you say it's like they had our playbook? Yeah, look, I don't think he, if he got a second time around to, to choose his words a little bit differently. And I think, uh, as he alluded to Sam Wylock saying, look, his, the young leaders just took it on themselves to, to get in there and upset the the um, set pieces, mate, they just got dismantled. Set pieces, line-outs, couldn't win a line-out. 
um, and in the scrummaging got buckled by a couple of boys that come off the bench that aren't All Blacks. You know, that's embarrassing. That's the embarrassing part of it. And it, and, and again, I, I just like what, like what Izzy said. Even if you're Dan Carter, you can't go behind that. That, that sums it up. It does, mate. And um, look, as I said at the end of the hour, if you missed my editorial on it, like the Blues might come back, and this might be the shot in the arm they needed. They've got a taste of how hard it is to play in finals footy. We've heard people say they need to be there before they can do it. Well, there they go. So, one last text from Robert before we get to Paul Mawadi. RTS genuinely has the muscle memory of a league player still. He will get there eventually. It just takes a while to adjust. Fair to call him a project as he's still technically brand new to the game bar high school rugger. And I get that. Professional rugby is obviously completely different. And I just think that he is going to be great. I've got no doubt. I just don't know why we're like, adamant on declaring him right now. Just give the guy some time. Well, I think, you know, like I said, I think the progression for him is going through Super Rugby. He's made the All Black side. He now sits outside blokes who make the test team. And you learn so much when you're in those environments. And Izzy will tell yeah. you that. Once you're in there, it's all about him learning and whether or not to see he can get a start. And I think he will get a start at some stage in the series. Where that is, who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah. No, I do agree. But he's like a sponge. Like yeah, he'll, he, mate, he'll yeah. pick up so much over the next, I want him to next su- three or four weeks. I want him to succeed. I truly do. Paul Mawadi, tab.co.nz. Download the TAB app today and you can have a crack at the golf live. Paulie, you've been watching the golf this morning? Yes, plenty happening at the uh, Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, where the 122nd US Open is taking place right now, the final round. And the final pairing of Matthew Fitzpatrick and Will Zalatoris are just about to complete the front nine. Uh, Fitzpatrick holds a one-shot lead at the moment. He's got a birdie putt coming up. He's 237 to win the US Open with us at the moment. He's our favourite. Scotty Scheffler, a second favourite. He's just bogeyed the par 4 10th. He's at 275. And Will Zalatoris, who just birdied the ninth hole, uh, is one shot back with Scotty Scheffler. One shot behind Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's lining up his birdie putt now. Will Zalatoris is at $4.50. I can tell you, we took a $550 bet on Zalatoris at $23 earlier on in the tournament. Oh. Uh, and we've... We've had a $250 bet on Matthew Fitzpatrick before the tournament started at $25. So a number of punters very, very keen on Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler. Uh, a couple of $1,000 bets at $7. I think that was uh, last night, just before the start of this round. So there's plenty of action around the, the guys at the top of the leaderboard in this U.S. Open. Who would you be backing personally, Paulie? Like, knowing Scotty Scheffler was clutched down at Augusta, but Zalatoris has been contending. Matt Fitzpatrick won here as an amateur. What makes sense in your golfing brain? Just the way they've played so far today, Scotty Scheffler, I think, played the front nine in four under. Um, and although he did bogey uh, the 10th hole to start the back nine, I'd still probably... Um, favour him a wee bit more. Yeah, he's, he's currently 275 with us. Uh, I did back Matthew Fitzpatrick before the tournament, so you can put a line through him. He will fail with me uh, riding his bag, unfortunately. He's at 247 <laughs> now, Matthew Fitzpatrick, to win. All right, Paulie. Great stuff, mate. We'll uh, forecast the weekend to come. Uh, well, punters would have filled up on the Crusaders, by the way. When the rain came, I assume, so did the flurry of cash. Mate, 
there is so much money in the South Island at the moment, it is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we had... Uh, we had a $2,000 bet on the Crusaders to win by 13 and over at $6.50 and a couple of $1,000 bet, uh, bets on the same thing, Crusaders to win by 13 and over at $6.50. Uh, the biggest bet in that head-to-head market on the Crusaders that I could find, a $4,000 bet on the Crusaders at $1.97. Honestly, it's, uh, I'm surprised that... Um, Izzy hasn't bought the South Island. There, there's so much money. <laughs> oh, he's just he has. He's, 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 he's just bought Millbrook. He's just bought. He's, <laughs> 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 he's just he's just got his own nice little house on the hills golf course here, Paulie. Great to chat to you. Hey, just before we go, Paulie, I had three bets on the weekend yep. at the, on the War on the Warriors Penrith game. I had a front row to score the first try, and I picked the wrong one. Leota scored. I had Fisher Harris. I had a forty twenty, and I picked the wrong one. I picked. Um, Clary. Clary. And I had 36 plus. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh, I dear. thought you were grumpy about the Super Rugby result. Mate, now it all makes and sense. I was, and, I, and it was, I think the front row was at 41s. So I was on, oh. I was like, mate, if this comes in, and I was just as soon as Leota scored, I went, what am I doing? There's two front rows. I should have put one of them both down <laughs> instead of one of them. So, yeah, mate. No. Don't worry, Kempe. The Warriors are coming home in two weeks. They're coming home. They're going to take on the Tigers. They've got this one in the bag. Ah, thank you, Paulie. Nicest thing you've ever said to us. <laughs> I love your faith. Download TV app today. All right, a couple of texts before we um, shoot off and come back talk some rugby league. Morena, Louis and Kempi, I mentioned this to you guys two weeks ago, and it was the kind, it was lost, oh, I was lost on your reaction. Hopefully this you can read it out, what I said again. Yeah, we'll do it for you, Carlos. The difference between the Blues and the Crusaders, one is an elite team, the other is an elite club. Elite team, play an elite brand of rugby, elite club, wins the rugby titles. I remember that text, Carlos, and you would have heard Izzy talk about the former players and the way that the club is run. What happens if the current AB's coaching team is not able to get the best out of the players selected and get rolled by Ireland? Saturday night was a masterclass in terms of game plan, execution, and players playing with clarity and confidence. More pressure on the on the extensive AB's coaching group. Interesting take here. So this text who is unnamed is saying that it wasn't just the players that performed on Saturday night. The Crusaders coaches have added pressure to the All Blacks coaches by, I guess, being the number one contenders and coaching such a clinic. Well, they, they're in the... I, I don't think they've added pressure. I think they've just put the um, blowtorch on the current all-black coaching staff to say that we've got capable people in the background waiting to step in and fill those seats. You know what I mean? So I just don't think it's Razor and, and the Crusader boys. We Talk about coaches and coaching, coaching coaches and coaching players. New Zealand rugby is blessed with plenty of them. Lots of IP there. Uh, 17 away from nine. I'm going to talk some rugby league after this. And Kempi's going to forecast the week for us. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. We are uh, 18 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Ricardo Ball filling in for Smithy up after 9. Now, they're going to talk to Mark Bone at 9.30 about this landmark decision by FINA uh, to not allow trans athletes or to compete in the women's competitions and um, their events unless they've gone through their transition before the age of 12. Extremely complex issue, and this will be landmark and one that other sports and IOC will lean on. So stay tuned for that. Lydia Cole about two or three shots back, uh, three shots back, sorry, in the LPGA final event, well, final day of their event this morning. It's one of the uh, major LPGA 
events outside of the majors. But Kempi, Saturday night you were here calling the Warriors. We know what happened there. They just need to come home. The Panthers probably could have put 60 on them. They put, what, 34? Yeah, 40. I think the final score is 40 points to six. Um, yeah, it was pr- pretty much a, a run in the park, a training run for the Panthers. Uh, he rested a number of his players late on the second half. His Serraldo, Ivan Cleary, still dealing with that knee um, problem that he's got and the blood clots that have um, been tracking up to his lungs, which is not good. So wishing Ivan all the best. But yeah, but they played their last game over there in Redcliffe and uh, yeah, it's, the next two weeks is really about building up uh, this game against the Tigers. I thought Volkman was really good, the young kid that got a start, uh, 19-year-old out on the left edge. He, he got tested a few times um, defensively, pulled off a couple of tackles, had a couple of good kicks, uh, nice little running game, stocky little bloke. You know, he's so he, yeah. he's, he's got a he's got a a little bit of a future, I think, in that number six jersey. But you know, playing six in the NRL takes a long time to master. This week should be about the Kiwis. Are you excited? A hundred percent. I think Jerome Hughes will be named captain. You do? I do. I think Jerome Hughes will be named captain this week. They'll they'll do no worse than naming him um, captain this week, leading into the World Cup. I think it's a a really good chance for him to bond and and build, uh, I guess, that that relationship with the players and bring some of that Melbourne leadership, as we heard Frank Panisi talking about on that uh, podcast with us uh, in and around what Jerome Hughes brings to that Melbourne team. I think he can do that for the Kiwis. Uh, And really interesting hearing Madge say that he's already decided that uh, Joseph Manu will start at fullback and what that does to the edge players and where Tamari Martin actually plays or if he doesn't play because then he's got to decide on who he has on the bench. Does he go with, um, uh, you know, Kieran Foran or does he start him, you know? And then if they, if that's the case, then what happens to the young boy out of Parramatta? Um, it's it's a really interesting selection for me. I'd love to see Dylan Brown play, I think. Well, I think Dylan Brown, mate, again, you know, the other night he was great. For Parramatta, he's got speed. I, I, like, I, re, I reckon you stop experimenting with a Kiwi team. Just put them in their best positions and give them a shot. Completely agree. We've got a lead up and a chance here to win a World Cup with this squad. Let's let's put them in a put them in their best positions and let them go. Let's just let's t- treat. Why don't we just treat international rugby league like it's ours? Well, we yeah we should try and own it. Um, I think you go a long way by you know giving Tonga a, a decent game this week and, and getting a really good win. I think they're capable of putting some some points on Tonga because I can't see their spine uh, stepping up even though they've got a, a massive forward pack. They lose a couple of players to Origin. Uh, interesting too to see with Origin that Freddie Fittler's named seven new blokes in the Origin uh, for New South Wales to get the second game over in Perth. I thought, mate, if Billy Slater was having mind games with Brad Fittler, he's won it. Hands down. To go out and make seven changes, I know a couple of them are forced, but to make seven changes in your second game in Origin, Billy Slater be laughing. Rapid fire, Kempe, um, for people asking, when's the next State of Origin game? Next State of Origin is next Wednesday in Perth. When will the Kiwi side most likely be named? It should be named tomorrow at five o'clock. Okay, there you go. Rugby League will keep our eyes on across the week here. Kempe and me, uh, Izzy at Millbrook, so we'll be holding the fort down. Now, Ricardo's up after nine. I've just realised, and this is very naughty of me, I haven't given you the opportunity to win a two degrees pack. Two degrees are the Super Rugby net- Super Network behind the Super Teams, proudly supporting our Super Rugby teams in their search for Pacific dominance. This slipped my mind completely. How about this? you got eight minutes. Pick up your phone, text us double eight double three. Who was the best player in Super Rugby this season? Text your name, the player's name, 
and what team you support and one a year will get the Super Rugby prize pack thanks to Two Degrees. Who is the best player in Super Rugby this season? Now the competition is done and dusted. Rick Dog, up after this. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.